0: there's not really other places that are are doing that it's like it's these are untold stories right of pro skateboarding
1: and a lot of people do have these guys on but but like my buddy talking schmidt he does a great he is great like honestly to me it's um to me he is johnny carson and i don't know if you know this little known fact Arsenio hall like Loves Johnny Carson. I did not know that. I did and not. Know I've that, always yeah. loved Arsenio Hall. Yeah. So it's like, like, I have found my it Johnny Carson. It kind of makes sense. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's <laughs> schmitty Good morning. This schmitty Another episode of Talking Schmidt Public Service Announcement. Timothy Donald McKenney is back. Shout out. Hey, today on the show, I got a good one for you. We're gonna catch up with Sean Mandoli. I gotta give a couple shout outs actually. One to Patrick O'Dell, thanks for uh, mentioning my skaters on baseball podcast on the Nine Club. You don't know how much traffic I've got since that big plug, thank you. And then also to the big homie, Clyde Singleton. Shout out. Dude, first up, congratulations. You are shining my friend. And I'm just so humbled by you mentioning me and my podcast throughout all your interviews, Nine Club, Hawk versus Wolf, some other random one, the Johnny Carson show, Dave Letterman's next. So, stoked for you. sir.
2: Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate,
1: 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles
2: on our faces. Come let us make you happy.
0: This is Sean Mandoli and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not
2: watching. It's cool, like
1: tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do.
2: <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean, bro? Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Talkin the Dodgers. All oh, big dogs in. What do you think, Dolan? John, Talking Schmidt. Alpha Macaroni. Most of these guys' their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yun's doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding, homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? <laughs> Agree.
3: <laughs> yes, <we do>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi check one Wi-Fi check two my first guest tonight does not need a very effusive introduction but I'd like to give him one anyway because I am an unabashed fan and he is one of the true comic geniuses of our times
2: this is Sean Mandoli what's up Sean how are you doing well man I'm I'm honestly stoked to be here dude. Hell yeah. We've kind of been like exchanging, like sliding into each other's DM and giving each other a couple <laughs> comments here and there. And like it finally to fruition that our uh, windows of opportunity are here. So I'm stoked.
0: Rad. Yeah, me too, dude. I, I'm, I listened to the podcast. I, uh, I just, I just listened to Jesse mm. um Karma's was rad. Uh, Jason Adams. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Jason
2: Adams, the San Jose Brethren. Did you listen yeah. to Mike Crabtree? We got him on there, too. No, I didn't even see that one. Yeah, that one's back there because he was in a band with me. Me and Mike uh, were in a in a band. So I've known wow. him pretty well for a while. Wow, that's rad. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, dude. Stoked. For sure. It's been fucking quite. So, where are you living? Uh, Alhambra. I live in L.A. Oh shit, that's where Lance Mountain grew up.
0: Yep. Yeah, right down the street from not too far from where he lived. It's not it's just a small LA suburb really.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, does, do you walk by the house that says Mountain Manor or Manor whatever it said, Lance Mountain uh, Manor?
0: I actually like um not too long ago, we went to the Primitive Premiere. Uh-huh. cuz Carlos Ribero is a of not a super close friend, but I, you know, so Richard motor and Lance and some other guys picked me up. And so Lance get, and I live like in his, so he gave us a little tour. Oh, so red. I, I went to his house back in the nineties, just skating or something and went there, but I wouldn't even know where it was. So he did drive us by there and gave us like a tour of these spots. He's like, Oh, I shot a photo of Joe Gruber or whatever here. Like, it's kind of uh, cool. So that was like, I don't know, a few months ago. Maybe, Yeah. Anyway.
2: Hey, let's start by talking about your upbringing. Cause I know it's okay. kind of rough. Like, um, were you born in San Jose? Where, where were you okay. born? You were born and raised there. And, and then what, yeah. How did it go?
0: Well, actually I'll go back a little further, not too long, just to provide some context. So, my uh my paternal grandparents are from Italy. So they, I know I'm going way back, but I'll go quick so you can see the connection of the Bay Area. But they came through Ellis Island in the 1920s uh, from Luca, Italy. And they settled in North Beach, San Francisco. Nice. So obviously on Powell Street, like that was like, because to enter the country, you had to put an address. And it was on Powell Street. Um, and then my dad... Uh, my dad, rest in peace, Guido Mandoli, he was uh, born in the Excelsior District. So my dad grew up in the Excelsior District, born in a house because my grandfather was super sketched out about hospitals. So my dad was born in a house. So I still have the address and everything where he grew up. And that was an Italian district back in the day as well. Nice. Yeah, so that's kind of, and then my uncle Mario, he owned bars and stuff in San Francisco. So my family on my dad's side is from San Francisco, the city. My dad went to Balboa High School. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. Played basketball, football, everything. And then uh, my my mom is from South San Francisco. So I was born in South San Francisco, oh. uh, formerly called Mary's Help Hospital. It's not called that anymore. Okay. Uh So I was born there. Both sides of my family are from the city or at least in proximity. And then um, moved out of there, Um And I was raised mostly in San Jose. I started living in San Jose in uh, the second grade. So I'm really like from San Jose, but historically, like my roots really are in the city, a couple generations.
2: Okay. And um, when you moved down to San Jose, was that, were you with your folks still or? Oh yeah.
0: So, um, this kind of even ties into skateboarding and stuff for me. And, uh, but we left South, we called it South city. I don't know if people still call that. We lived on this. Yeah. So we left there and went to this super small town. My parents got a divorce, Uh but we went to the super small town up in Northern California called Chester, Uh like super small, like no sidewalks, no stoplights. It's wow. still that small because it's surrounded by mountains. Okay. So we, I lived there for a couple of years. Pretty dark period of my life. I can talk more about that later. So pretty gnarly uh, early childhood there, and then um, my dad was living in San Jose at this time, and I was with my mom in Chester with my my brothers and sister, and then we moved to San Jose. Uh, to live with my dad and my stepmom in uh, the summer of 82. Mm. So, I, so then from 82 on, I'm like San Jose. So started skating there and everything, and then uh, the whole crew of who I grew up with. That's all, right. all San Jose. So, yeah.
2: What drew you to skateboarding? Like, how did that come to your life? Did you, somebody at school or a sibling or...
0: Uh, My brother, my older brother, um, I'm actually his caretaker now. I can get into that. Like he's got he's special needs and he's got some behavioral health stuff going on. So Mm. he actually lives with me. I'm actually in his room right now. Uh. Uh, But but, um, uh, he was super good like he was rad. And he was like, I'm the little brother, dude. And um, he's like about a year and a half older than me. So I always looked up to him. He was a little awkward socially, like always in special ed, but he was a talent. Like he was so good. And I just looked up to him. I thought he was so rad. So I was like, dude, I'm going to start skating too. So I just followed my older brother and we're talking, this is 85, 86, 86, 87. Okay. Is when we're in junior high, I'm in sixth grade, he's in seventh, and he's ripping. And, you know, the whole 80s, like he, his first board was that Neil Blender with the cup of coffee. Stay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was his board. He really, you know, and then I, I think GNS. my first. Yeah. My first board was a Jeff Kendall, the one with all the graffiti. Mm-hmm. And then I also had a Billy Ruff, too. Like, okay. So that was the era we started mid. Kind of late 80s is when I really got into it, but I'm talking um 87, dude. I am a skater. <laughs> Let it be known, dude. Dividing line in the sand with all my other friends in junior high. I came to school in 87 and they're like, dang, like I had the bones jacket with the crossbones zipper. Yeah. Hair was in my eye. You know, I'm like, I'm full. So it was all as a result of really my brother's influence.
2: Do you think because I'm from a divorced family, too, um, I just uh, basically grew up with my mom. Do you think that the divorce kind of had something to do? Like, I just got to get out of here and have some time alone with myself and skateboarding is a thing like that, because you're playing baseball and, and these other things that you're with all these people and a coach. And it still feels like you're under somebody's thumb. But when you have the skateboard and you just go out, this, out the door and can go wherever you want, it kind of helps you with your mental, I think.
0: For sure, dude. I come from a really kind of crazy situation that ties into skateboarding. Like, so when I moved to Chester, my my mom got remarried and my my stepdad was a pedophile. So oh. me, and my brother and sisters were sexually molested, abused. He was giving us weed. I was like six years old. So he was rolling me joints uh showing us how to smoke cigarettes uh beer like i remember coming home from school first grade bottle of beer on the table for me and my brother and like it wasn't like i'm like partying i'm six years old but i'm consuming this and i'm like oh this is normal i guess i don't know you know what i mean and like giving us pornography like Whoa. super twisted it's
2: pretty crazy That's horrible
0: Yeah. So that's kind of that was kind of that kind of marred my psyche and my whole outlook on things. Um, So that comes with a lot. Right. So I'm six years old experiencing that. Um, Of course, the divorce. uh, But that was just on some other level. So my mom, like and she was never in the room or around when that happened. In all honesty, my mom, my biological mother would never do anything like that. But that's who she married. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't blame her or anything. I'm not, I'm just saying that's really the context of my early childhood. So that produced like court cases, all kinds of craziness. So we dipped out of Chester. I think maybe my mom's like, let's get them out of here. Maybe I don't, you know what I'm saying? So we, she sends us on a Greyhound bus. I'm six, my brother's eight, my sister's five, something like that.
4: Oh my we God.
0: Basically took a Greyhound bus to the city. And which is illegal. <laughs> you can't
2: be putting through parental guardian,
0: dude. But they, they, we, they like just said, okay, um, you're going to sit with this old lady and your sisters over there <laughs> with that. Old, like, and we're just on like some sketchy greyhound, like going huh? for hours to the city. Right. So we get there and move in my dad. And then, so kind of fast forward, even that home environment was pretty sketchy. There was, police over my house at certain periods of my of my childhood we're talking elementary junior high into high school always uh like domestic disputes between my dad his wife at the time and her family just police over the house sometimes multiple times in the night um so it just kind of you know, just not a good place to be. I remember having friends over and having to go, dude, you got to go, bro, because it's going to get crazy here. He's hearing them scream and yell and stuff is flying. And I'm like, dude, let's just, like, why don't you go home? You oh know, it man. wasn't that I'm not trying to paint the picture of my childhood as something that was always that, but that was a real aspect of my childhood. And it was pretty gnarly. So even to the point, my dad in handcuffs, uh, cause yeah, um, and he wasn't an abuser by any stretch, did not abuse us, was not like that. But, you know, they just, it would, it would pop off. And so, anyway, so yes, so there I am. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm in junior high. My brother starts skating and I'm like, yeah, I, I need to get out of the house. Okay. <laughs> so it was something we just gravitated toward. We did early kid, you know, we're talking third, fourth, fifth grade. We're like doing the softball, or it's not softball, a uh, little league flag football, like all the normal stuff. But once skating kind of grabbed my attention in sixth, seventh grade, it was over. And we just, we did like, we retreated to that.
2: What do you think it's a, you know, everybody has a different thing. Um, What do you think, like your brother kind of introduces it to you, but what do you remember as the feeling of like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is my shit. For us, we went, like, it was crazy. I tell a story all the time. So sorry if I've said it a million times. But when I bought my first board, it was at Ghostgate in San Mateo. And this guy uh, that sold it to me is like, hey, there's a ditch up the street. Go there. And we go up to this ditch, and it was called the Spillway. And there's dudes, and it looked like Harley Davidson guys right now, how I could describe like, jean jacket vest, smoking, drinking, and just look like, whoa, like, <laughs> dude. And, and we were sold. We're like, those guys are, for some reason, those guys are cool. Skateboarding obviously was so fun because at that time we were just bombing down hills and trying to go fast, like much like probably if you go snowboarding for the first time, all you want to do is just go faster down the hill. That's, that's what we would do in the beginning. So I wonder like what, Type of things you were drawn to that you were like, no doubt, is this what I need with me always? Yeah, I, I
0: think it's the same thing, right? It was like just the whole everything. You go into skate shop, you see all these graphics. You're like, dude, this is so rad! And yeah. the, like the wheels, slime balls. I was like, that's so. R- I don't. I remember slime balls, bullet sixty sixes, right? Those big old wheels, and then also maybe even just my brother was listening to like when he's skating and his whole, his whole vibe changed. His whole, his whole kit was like, I'm a skater. Uh-huh. It was like this kind of thing to grab onto. Like, this is who we are. We're, we're not trying to be like everybody else and we're going to do what we want to do. We don't care what you want to do or what, what's popular, I guess. And so he's listening to like the Misfits and the Ramones. And I was like, whoa, yeah, this is a trip. Like, it's like, this is on, this is on the edge of society. Like, that's how it felt to me. So I was we were drawn I was drawn to that I was like I don't I don't care like kind of thing I don't care we're mm. gonna do this we think it's cool that was the whole attitude from the beginning
2: right yeah I think so and I think it did you know it meshed up with punk rock really well yeah. because it was the same attitude like I don't give a fuck I'm gonna go in the pit and just get beat up like I don't care I'm gonna go skating and eat shit I don't care and it was almost like I don't know. Part of it seems a little like whatever, like I just want to inflict pain on myself, you know, (laughs) like I don't care. I'm going to go crazy. This is going to be the greatest, but yeah. What, how early did you notice people that were really good at skating? Like, did you see Caballero early Mm. on or any, or Jason Adams or Tim Brock or somebody Mm. that you were like, Jesus Christ, they can make a living off this, you know?
0: Well, okay, so here we go. So now I'm in junior high, John Muir Middle School, and there were skaters there. It was small crews, two crews, and my brother was in one of them. So I already was in just because of him. And the ripper in my junior high was Tim Brush. Wow. So I saw him ollie, and I was like, dang, you know, like this dude can ollie. Uh, so I was kind of tripping on that.
2: Do you remember the first time you saw someone ollie? Was it off a curb cut or off? Flat it was probably, ground?
0: probably my brother, like just maybe ollieing up a curb. Uh-huh. Cause I couldn't ollie up curbs at first. I had to like jump off and jump or find the little curb cut to get on. Yeah. Sidewalk. So I remember follow, I was the like, Grom dude. And my brother with all his friends were a year older than me. Okay. And so Tim Brosh was one of them. So, so I went to junior high with him. He was in my junior high. So what happened was I just, so little by little, you know, Thrasher magazine and, and then knowing kind of, so we're living on the South side and then uh, I just got really into it. Other friends quit Um you know, along the way, but like Tim Brosh and some others continued. So I, I really was like beginning of seventh grade. We're talking 1987. I was all in. So like, so Tim Brosh at that point, he's in eighth grade, a year older than me. And so once I'm all through middle school, there's a skate crew, a crew of skaters in the city. And there's different ones when, uh, because of the turmoil at my house with my stepmom my dad took my older brother to a different part of town to live with his friend, which is Almaden Valley. That's okay. where Solomon and Jason are from.
4: Uh-huh.
0: So they're from like a a little bit more of a nicer area. Like I wasn't from the hood at all, really, honestly, my, yeah. but, but Almaden Valley is a different world, uh-huh. but my, my dad's friend was pretty wealthy or whatever. So he let my dad crash there and kind of, and I stayed at my step-parents house. So I would go there on the weekends and there was this, Jason might've talked about this a little bit, like Alpha Beta. Right. The the Grocery store that everybody skated at, but there was also this abandoned school or they set up all these ramps. And so my dad, I would go there on the weekend and I'd bring my board and skate with my brother. And my brother's like, dude, there's a school we could go skate. So we go there. That's when I first met Jason and Solomon and Solomon tells us like, Jason will tell the story. Like I'm rocking a gold chain. (laughs) I got like my pockets are full of quarters because I'd steal them from my stepmom. And they're like, who is this kid? Like, what is wrong with him? (laughs) So anyway, so I just was like, these dudes are rippers. And so that's when I first met them, you know, Uh, and yeah, I think that's junior. That's like right when I started skating and nobody was sponsored, but Jason and Solomon and that crew out there was really good. That Almaden Valley crew, they were older than us. And, you know, and so, but then you got this, Tim Brush wasn't a part of it. The, they didn't even, I don't think knew Tim at this point. And, but then after I graduated from eighth grade, I'd go to Tim's house like every day. I would skate up there and skate with him. and This other cat named Bali Sahoda, who was sponsored. He uh-huh. was a ripper, local ripper, skated for Indy. He was good friends with Mark Waters, actually. Okay. Bali Sahota and his brother, Gerby, but Bali was a ripper. So Bali and Tim were skating together. So it was like, if I could get around some rippers, that, that's where I was. I was like, I want to skate with these guys. I want to skate with dudes that are actually doing something and skating. So Tim Brosh and his family took me to my first contest.
2: Oh, sick.
0: And so we skated. It was like at Gilroy or something. So I went, and Tim was in a division above me. I was in intermediate or something or beginner. And he was like in advance. So he skated against Jaya Bondarov. Uh-huh. And Jaya Bondarov won his division. Uh-huh. Tim got second and I got second in my division. And I got like a Jason Jesse shirt, the, the, the like Greek God, the fire. Yeah. And a set of wheels. Do you know a skating home with a set of wheels and a shirt? And like, yeah, Tim brush. There might've been another contest actually before that, the first one I skated in the city called Solari it was just a local contest and all the rippers went mm. um, and I did alright or whatever but one, after 8th grade we're talking 88 um, 80, maybe early 89, 88 he, t- he took me to that contest and yeah so you know I, I just hanging out with him and then gradually I think Solomon and Jason might have talked about this on here is like I just kind of at some point it was like that those were my dudes, man. I skated with, I, there was other people involved, other crews at Matt Eversall I, I went to high school with him. Oh, okay. He was around, uh, cause I went to three different high schools in San Jose. Man. So the, the, um, so, you know, me and Matt, and there was a crew there at our high school. I went to high school with crazy Eddie. Oh, sick. So skated with him and bringing him like, cause I went to school with him he would go with me and skate with Solomon and Jason and then Solomon float him boards. And Solomon's the one that deemed him that like called him. I think he put it on his box. Crazy Eddie. And Ah. it just stuck. It just stuck. Okay. So anyway, so, and then, you know, uh, it evolves into Jason and Tim really becoming really good friends. And, you know, um, anyway, so that's kind of the San Jose. And then obviously cab, um, I, I mean, I skated with him a lot later once I was pro just, it just, he was, what did, what does he call himself? Street cab or whatever. Street so cab. at that point, like I re I, you know, we were skating with him in that sense. So yeah, there's a, a lot of different stuff going on, but generally speaking, that's kind of the journey, like from early childhood. And those are the dudes that I just kind of latched onto and they honestly dude Everything I'm saying here in skateboarding, I skateboarding owes me nothing. Um, but I would say, dude, I was able to do what I did and continue to do in my life as a result of skateboarding. It was just people that gave me a chance, people that were cool with me and, and liked me or whatever. And yeah, I honestly owe it to them.
2: Yeah. I mean, it seems like Salman was almost like an older brother to you. Like later I mean, we'll get to it, but you get on real probably with his like direction and help and all that stuff. Is San Jose? Do you start to get a little pride in that community and and start to build kind of a family outside of your family? Is that like these these are my bros?
0: Yeah, like once, um, uh, like the, my dad divorces my stepmom and we move, and that's why we went to this school called Branham, where Matt Ebersole was and Eddie. And okay. others, I'm uh, just saying those names because people might know them more. Just for in, sure. no. So there's I other cats that there I loved and skated with and they were rippers, but I'm just trying to, but so I moved right behind that school. So I had to, I was going to high school with Jason, Jason Adams at Pioneer, but because my dad finally got the divorce and we're, so I'm living with my dad my brother and my sister and it's chill now. Like home is chill. There's, it's not crazy at home finally. And I'm like in high school, it's finally mellows out. Uh-huh. Because my dad is a chill dude, I guess. Just the whole marriage thing didn't work. And those so once I'm there, it's like I really uh once I'm in high school, like Solomon is yeah, the big brother for sure. Skating with Jason, Solomon and others. But like, yeah. And my dad, like, he loves Solomon, man. He he's like cause he just liked him. He just How he just you knew not? okay, this guy's taking care of my son oh, as he's a big the best. brother. Yeah. And on my birthday or something, Solomon gave me a set of ventures and I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, and my dad sees all that. And yeah. there's other friends I had. And my dad's like, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> but Solomon, my dad's like, I'm cool with him. Like okay. I can tell, like my dad, old school kind of Italian guy. And he's like, he could tell, he could read into people pretty well.
2: Yeah. Talk a little bit about Tim though, um, yeah. before we get to Solomon, because yeah. I'm actually starting this. It's a big project for me. Uh, Phil Shaw was like my guy. And uh, when he passed, it was 25 years ago to today, actually. Um, so I'm starting this project with him. And a lot of what my focus is on, because his skating spoke for himself, but how down to earth, humble and just nice and wanted to have fun no matter who you were, I think that's a huge part of who Phil was. And I couldn't say anything different from Tim. Like Tim was such a nice guy that treated everyone with like respect and like always smiling and just looked like he was having the best time. And I think in skateboarding that for me is everything. Like, I don't want to see you focus in your board and throwing it and getting a temper tantrum. We all do it. I get it. But if you're the guy that's like, everything is a blast. Cause I'm on my skateboard. You're pretty much Mark Gonzalez, right? It's like, those are the guys that you look at and you're like, damn, they make skating look fun and they're just pushing. So Tim to me had that charisma and I spent a lot of time with him. Him and Jason used to come to my ramp when we had a ramp in Menlo park and they'd always come with uh Tim's girlfriend and uh, just kick it and drink a beer and skate and just talk. And just so like made you feel like you were their equal. Yeah.
0: Tim was super rad. Like, cause uh, once, you know, you got the crew, the whole crew at school and then people start to fade off and they start to party a little too much. And I was partying and doing my thing,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: wasn't, but I was into skating. Like I was into it. So I was like, this dude is too. So just think about it. I'm just, I'm a year younger, kind of like a, I'm a Grom in a sense. I'm the little guy. Always have been. So I'm skating across the city to his house and just I'm there I, every every day in the summer. Wow. Like, what are we doing? Like, let's go skate, whatever. And like, you know, I'm just hanging out with them. We're talking junior high now, not like we're going filming, taking photos. We're just skating and just welcomed me in. Literally, um, just let me follow him around in a sense, honestly, and took me to my... So, yeah, like I was, he was just super cool. Absolutely, dude. Uh, I remember just skating with him, and he would always make these burritos, man. Like, but they were like, they weren't real burritos. He would just cook <laughs> chili and put it in a flour tortilla. They were so bomb, though. But I remember being at his house, what it was either 88, had to be 88 at the 89, maybe. But, uh, yeah, and he was just super welcoming. Kids with no money coming over and we're just hanging out and uh, skating. And, uh, yeah, he's he was super rad. Everybody liked him.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was devastating when we lost a lot of dudes kind of in the same period. Like, a couple dudes, like, they always have that analogy where everyone goes in threes it felt more than that, but at least that, where it was like, this guy died, this guy died, this guy died. And then later, Mm -hmm. like all in these segments, you know, and I remember, I think it was Mother's Day that Tim died, right? Like he had a heart attack or something coming out of the restaurant, I want to say.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. I was not around at the time. I was down in Southern California. But yes, yeah, it's crazy. It's wild.
2: Yeah, man. So I just I mean, big love for Tim, for sure. Uh, Me and McKenny are close friends and we always talk about like he met up with us on a think tour in Oregon and then came all the way back with us. And that was like the last year of um, his life. And just those moments are so precious, you know. And I think that's the thing everybody always says. It's cliche, but it's so fucking true tell your friends you love them and enjoy every moment you have because you never fucking know, like tomorrow could be done. Like no one knows. And so, you know, these moments, like just hanging out with you right now, it's really important to me. And I'm stoked. Like, you know, and it's like, you don't take it for granted. You don't like brush someone off or like any of that stuff, because those are the ways you're going to like have to live with yourself for the rest of your life going, why didn't I just pick up the phone? Why didn't I hang out with that? Whatever. Anyway, that's my rant on that. Um, I miss those dudes a lot. It's a bummer. Like it, it haunts me a lot and I just have to live with it. And I think we all do the ones that were close, but uh, I want to get to like, what happens with you as far as like pre sponsorship, is it contests that like, you're going to contests, you're doing those. I'm 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 assuming in that area you don't necessarily have a filmer yet like you're not filming a bunch. How do you go into that world and kind of feel like ooh, I could get into the industry and start getting some stuff, maybe shoot photos, et cetera?
0: yeah, what happened was <clears throat> uh, so we're talking eighty nine now um you know yeah, doing contests there's no real filming I, I remember at this point there were some some rippers in the city that were sponsored like Edward de Vera oh yeah he was a really good friend of mine I looked up to that dude so much I mean he was sponsored by circle a at like 12 years old uh-huh. living on the east side he's been Just good some,
3: forever
0: yeah like he was a little kid <laughs> winning contests he was on this other level dude I I'd fan out on that dude. Like even when we were friends, I'm like, I can't believe I'm friends with Edward de Vera. <laughs> <laughs> He's like staying at my house. You know what I mean? And we became really good friends. He got on real eventually, but that dude was on some other level. And I was just, I was just skating. And I was just like, he had this mystique about him. Uh, I think and just local ripper. And, and so, but for me, I mean, hanging out with him, just, uh, Solomon, Jason, I remember doing a, he did a sponsor me tape for Powell. So Solomon was trying to help him out there when when Solomon was on Powell. And so I was just skating, right. And I'm skating with these rippers. I'm getting better. And, and what started with me is obviously those guys, but specifically I was skating behind that ghost skate. It's like this bank to curb in the back. Mm. And John Fabriker was there. And he, he was he was pro for dogtown.
4: Yeah, I know. He had
0: like uh some kind of like King Kong type of graphic anyway. So I'm this ripped. is when Dogtown's uh, like up in Frisco, you know what I mean? Uh and you know Red Dog and all uh, them are doing it up here oh, or not up here, I'm in San, I'm in LA. But you know what I mean? So yeah. so he's like, dude, I he just met me right there. He's like, dude, I want to give you boards. And I'm like, rad, what? So he gave me his number. He lived like more on the east side. So I would take a bus to his house and he'd give me a a box. And wow. that was kind of how it kind of started. Like, so it wasn't, that's really how it started. That dude was like, I want to hook you up with boards, And so that was rad. And then, you know, the whole connection with Dogtown and Venture. Like yeah. by this point, like Solomon's on Venture, Edward's on Venture. Edward is on Dogtown. Oh, okay. And then. So do you I, know
2: Greg Carroll?
0: Yeah. So that's at that time he's the King pen. Right. That connected San Jose to San Francisco and from like Jason might've said this too, but yeah, like, so we, I forget how it might've been through a contest through Solomon, but Greg, um, wanted to sponsor me. So I was on venture in uh, like the spring of 1990. That was my first like factory sponsor. So then because of that, I got on Dogtown. So I was on Dogtown. So I was on Dogtown. That's when like Karma was pro. Wade Spire was pro. Ricky Barnes, I think had a board. You're not in that video, are you? No, I got, okay. So here it is. So I was in, on Dogtown. Yeah. And all those cats in that video were on. Yeah. I was just a literally a Grom from San Jose, like I am. And getting boards, skating for venture, super stoked at this point. Um, so this is all in 90. Um, and then they come. Greg's like, dude, we're going to start a company called Think. And, um, but sorry, let, let me back up. Sponsorship. Sorry, I'm going to throw yeah. something in the air. My first sponsor, actually, around this time, we're, talk- we're talking 90 now, was Session Skateboard Shop.
2: Oh,
3: okay.
0: So Joe, Gemmes, Joe, Joe Gomez sponsored me because I went as like a, you know, as a friend, but they let me skate in the contest. Me, Solomon, and Edward De Vera went to uh, the Powell Warehouse and skated in the first Quartermaster Cup when it was outside. And so we won that contest because of Solomon and Edward. So here it is. I got, I got a, a, my first photo in the, in the mag here was this. So this was, there's Edward. Oh, yeah. And Solomon Uh and me there. And also Brandon Chapman was on the team and this dude named Marcus. There's us holding the boards and stuff. So this was 90 here. So I got on sessions because I made the cut. But Solomon and Edward literally won their divisions. It was a two weekend contest. You'd go for one weekend. If you made the qualifier, you'd go home, come back the next weekend. And Solomon and Edward won it like first weekend, first place qualifier, first place final, second weekend, first place qualifier, first place final. So do, do the points. We win. I got like ninth. <laughs> so anyway, so I was in there, dude. But uh, but that that was kind of, that was the first. So I was on sessions, which was rad. That's how I, that's really how I became friends with Edward was through going to that contest. And from then on, I was like, dude, I'm hanging out with this guy. So uh-huh. um, so then, yeah. So I'm on Dogtown 90. Uh, Greg Carroll's like, dude, we're going to start a company called Think. And so I want you to be on it. So it was me, Jason Adams, Ronnie Bertino, Sam Smythe, Carl Watson, and Mike Kepper. Mm. Right? So here's this one right here. This is the missing children board.
2: Oh,
1: sick. So, so there's Nick. Have that? Nick, yeah, we're, Carl. We're,
0: we're. There's me. Got a little scratch. And then there's Sam. And then um, so yeah, uh, there's that. Um I was really stoked to be on that team too. I was the oldest one on there and I was like the old, I was 17, but I was the oldest dude. <laughs> I felt old. I was like, dude, I'm ha- I felt old or something. Was What it, it,
2: did it start? Just amateurs
0: or was there I a think pro? So. I don't yeah. think they had a pro board. They had this and then they had the light bulb, but yeah, uh-huh. this was it. How cool. And then, you know, I'm hanging out with Solomon and of course, I don't know how it happened. Maybe he's like, "Do you want to ride for real?" Um, and I'm like, "Yeah, Tommy Guerrero, Jim Thibodeau, new company, super rad, Henry Sanchez, Tony Henry, Corey Chrysler." Yeah, and I was like, Slogo. "I honestly, I was imposter syndrome my whole life, bro." But right. Especially with real, I was like, "Dang, you guys, are, are you sure you want me on that team?" Uh. Like, like, just I was blown away. Right. And I didn't even understand it. I'm like, I don't know, but okay, super insecure about it. But I, I went for it. So that was a that was 91. So by 91, I'm on, and all those cats are stone. So we're talking the oh, I don't even consider myself OG. It was really Henry was pro, 14 years old. Um, Solomon was Am, Jim and Tommy, and then Tony Henry and Corey Chrysler were on. I remember talking to Corey Chrysler where he, we were hanging out. This is when he was on real. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't, I think we were partying. We were all drunk or something. And I was like, dude, I don't know. He's like, no, fool. You're down. Like, you know what I mean? It was, but I remember that conversation, like, dude, man. And so, yeah. So that's when I got on and that's, I'm trying, I, I don't want to miss anybody, but that's who the team was at the time.
2: So when you got on was real already a company.
0: Yeah. No, they were already. So they already had rad stuff going on. I think I, at this point I'm a junior in high school. I was skating for real. Mm. Yeah. 91, 91.
2: Were you around when Salmon started playing with the switch, getting switch ollies and, and doing nollies and, and kind of, you know, that was new. Nobody was doing that. Did you see some of that? Like, do you remember that era?
0: I do. Uh, um, I remember him coming back from a European tour and he was doing nolly flips. And I was like, what the heck? And it looks so dope. And I was like, dang. And then I remember being in the van with J- Jeff Clint, And they, he was doing all these nolly tricks and stuff. And they're like, dude, we should do an ad and call it nasal passage. And they did. I remember the conversation. And then he has all these nolly tricks. And there's some real ad and said nasal passage. But yeah, his, that it definitely influenced me too. Just his whole approach. Yeah.
2: That was kind of around the San Francisco contest, I've, I I want to say, because I feel like when he was in that contest, he was skating switch, and I don't think anyone else was really. Yeah, and, 92. Yeah, around 92, right?
0: Yeah, because me and Edward were there. That's when Jesse Pius frontside 180 Wallenberg. Wallenberg. Oh, were you there? Yeah, I was on acid. <laughs> I was on acid. Me and Edward were on acid, and I was tripping out. I was like, dude, Jake Phelps has a mohawk. You <laughs> got all this money. He's like, ah! and I'm like, what is this? And then that approach was just not like. It, obviously, I was tripping a little bit. I was in, on under some kind of other, yeah, substance. But I was kind of. And then I remember Jim Thiba opening his hand and like he had two quarters. He's like, want to do a trick? And I was like, what do you ta-? like? What do you mean? Like, I was just tripping. I was like, money, skateboarding, like, ah, you yeah. know. But I, I remember seeing Jesse do that. I was like, wow, that was wild uh that was really it's just real it's like it's frenzy and me and edward were just cruising around skating we didn't tell anybody we we was like on acid but didn't tell anybody i remember seeing john cardiel skate it too he's going so fast in the contest Mm -hmm. yeah anyway Yeah, I was was, still, but we were just there, right? Just there hanging out. Yeah,
2: that was epic. I think Markovic sparked that like he was going to go there and either he wanted to try something. And and so that's what sparked it all. And then everyone went there after that contest.
0: Oh, also, sorry. Tony Ferguson was on real, too. He was on before me. He was early and he was on real in 92 because I remember him being around, staying at Dave Meddy's apartment. That oh, during that contest, I was kind of and I remember being on acid. I didn't tell him I was on acid, I don't want to tell anybody. So, me and Edward were just tripping, looking at each other, like ah, and like anyway, sorry, I wanted to, I, he was definitely OG real, like he's a ridge like Tommy got him on early,
2: anyway. right? Okay, well, talk about going to did you go to Deluxe for your first time and remember that as being like meeting i don't know if swenson's there or like jim or tommy or how that mickey ray is i was hanging out with
0: solomon so i was on thank hanging out with them skating like studio 43 i was uh. just going up to the city with solomon and they this is what they said and hey like just quit Think, but we won't put you on real yet because it's the same company yes. same owners and they're yeah. cool with it but we don't want any our so just quit real hang out and then we'll put you on so i remember skating studio 43 and they're like you're on the team I was like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> and then Max, sh- Max was getting flowed and he shortly got on after not too oh. long after Max was not on yet. Damn, like you were on
2: before Max
0: a little bit, but I he might have been flowed before me or something. But I remember them saying, oh, we're going to put Max on. And I think I might have said, is he down? Like, I don't know <laughs> why I, I just not that I questioned him, but I remember that. And, you know. Anyway, and it was at Studio Forty Three, and I think there was some kind of chuckle and laugh about it afterwards. (laughs) Like, why are you hating, dude? Like, you know what I mean? To Uh. me, but just it was it wasn't anything too serious. But I remember laughing about it afterwards.
2: Was it because Max was a vert skater? No, I don't know. I don't know. I
0: don't know, man. I I definitely, bro. I I had to put my foot in my mouth a lot. I'm. You know, like I remember one time too, man, Tommy wanted, didn't want me on the team because of my mouth uh, at one point. And I, I'm sure it's justified. I think Jim kind of lobbied for me and I don't remember the exact situation, but I just, you know what I mean? I just, uh, pretty vocal outspoken and I it can get me into trouble. And uh, I think for good reason, he's probably like, Sean's being an idiot.
3: Right.
2: How did you get along with Henry Sanchez?
0: Uh, He wasn't on too long, bro. He dipped out pretty quick.
3: Okay.
0: He's just on some other level, bro. Like, so (laughs) he's just on some other, some from some other planet kind (laughs) of like as, as I'm on the team, I'm like, you know, Uh, but what's kind of cool. I I recently skated with him up in Sacramento, which was kind of rad. Mm. At uh, at a a skate park up there, I was uh, skating with the crew up there. We are doing a little, like, a camp with Richard Mulder, Joe Gruber, and all these guys. Uh And we stopped there, and it was rad to see him. It was so rad to see him. He was ripping. And so, anyway, yeah.
2: Yeah, cool to see everyone still skating, like, after all these years. It's like, wow. Talk about that for a minute. Like, when you're that age, you're in junior high, you're going into high school, you're skating. What's your mentality like? at that moment like how long is this gonna last like do you think like Mm -hmm. oh dude that's that guy's 23 he's hella old right like how when am i gonna be done skating like because i always talk about that it's like dude i'm so old i can't believe i'm still skateboarding right um i in my mind
0: i'm in junior high and i'm serious about it i'm like okay if I get like shop sponsored before I'm out of high school, I'm stoked. Like that's where my mind was. I never did a sponsor me tape. I, I didn't, I wasn't like, I was just driven in a way, my own way. I'm like, mm. I want to skate. I feel like I'm kind of good. Like I'm, I got some type of confidence, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm skating with the best guys in the city. Like I'm around the right guys. So I did have some kind of, thought even as a junior high kid about it. But then I ended up getting sponsored my freshman year. So I'm like, Ooh, there might be something here. And then my dad was super supportive. So he would buy all the, he, my dad was a, a meat cutter, He's a mm. butcher. So he would always in the grocery store, he would flip through the magazines and he'd see me in it. He'd buy it. bring it home. So it was like a rad thing. So I'm like, dang, this is something he'd let me cut school to go on little trips, go to contests. If I needed to, as long as I kept my grades up, he was super supportive. Like he was down. He wasn't, you know, as long as I did my schoolwork and, you know, he would let me like that quartermaster cup. I had to kind of take some Fridays off, you know, of school and he was down. That's good. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, I didn't really see career per se, but then I'm on real. I'm like, oh, wow, this, this actually might pan out here.
2: I mean, you're looking at like a Tommy grow as a fucking superstar as one of the, you know, he's one of the three guys in my mind that started street skating and making it this rad thing. And, Not for nothing, but he grew up in San Francisco where there's hills. And so he had a whole different vibe than maybe Nottis and Gons where he's bombing hills and making it look like a fucking ski slope or whatever. Was Coco on the team? Not till later. So this, uh, that era, the first
0: crew, like that was so early. Tony Henry got off. Henry's off. Uh, Tony Ferguson's off. Slogo was on early too, super early. He right. was pro early before me. So yes, I don't mean any disrespect to people. I just, my memory, bro. I smoked a Absol- lot of weed in first grade. So now I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, but uh, so, so then there's like, for my perspective, there's like this different era that happens where mm. it becomes like Solomon Kelly, like the real video, right? Uh, Solomon Kelly, uh and maybe'll a even a little after so then you got Solomon Kelly Keith gets on uh Kelly Bird was on pretty early too but yeah so Kelly Keith um Julian got on right, right. so this is before antihero that I really. and then you had Drake Jones uh Ben liver's Edge yeah. Uh that. Moses was on early, but he stayed on for a minute. Edward DeVera, you know, the whole real, the real. So, but even after the real video, then Edward's not Edwards on Mad Circle. Moses is on Mad Circle. Mm. So then it's like Julian, uh Matt Field, Drake, me, Solomon is ends up getting off as well. So I really like that that I really enjoyed that time with Keith and Julian. Solomon, I remember going to Japan in, uh, I think it was 94. It was me, Kelly, Bird, Julian Stranger, Solomon, and Keith. Damn. That was a rad tour.
3: Legends.
0: And, yeah. Like, and I, I, even before I'm talking, you know, uh, Reason for Living, I think Julian Stranger, just his whole style and approach to skateboarding, super influenced by it. Like, mm um watching that video and early stuff just the uh, the approach the style of it doing backside 360 ollies the hard way over a hip mm. pop shove it's before people caught him mm-hmm. those kind of those things just had an impression i'm like dude this dude and it's from a, me looking at it like this dude in a sense like he does it right right in a sense like that's my that's at least my opinion yeah but and then to be able to skate on the same team with them and travel and yeah dude it was just rad it was such an
2: honor yeah yeah huh what about rewind a little bit because who is the first guy you start filming with is it jake rosenberg
0: yeah uh, i filmed uh the 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 non-release venture video oh yeah yeah so probably him but actually jeff clint Uh, filming us so this is before dave meddy right so even dave meddy wasn't even around he was he was there pretty early but even before him it was like jeff was filming oh okay yeah like there wasn't like a filmer per se at this point
2: what was jeff like because he passed kind of i never got to know him really but obviously he was such a huge I mean, that dude did a lot in his career and helped a lot of people. What what was that? What was his demeanor and like what would you say about him?
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a really friendly guy. I mean, he was part of getting me on and just I think I I liked his view of skateboarding. Like it was about skateboarding. So Mm. he would always compliment people that weren't even on the team just because they were so rad. Like I remember him saying, dude, Andy Howe's so rad. Like we should do a I remember him saying we should do a real ad with Andy Howell, even though he skates for another team. Like just outside the box, he was, you know, meaning like it's just skateboarding, and you know, maybe that's maybe some of his reasoning for even putting me on. I mean, he had Henry Sanchez, you know what I mean? So then right. they they're gonna put somebody like me on, like maybe it's just I think they just maybe liked my approach or just that I am who I am. I don't have to be some like superstar or whatever, and like let's sponsor him because we think. He's rad. We want him on the team for who he is. So I thought Jeff like kind of had that and just, he's very creative and um, you know uh, super smart too, super intelligent, obviously on the business side of things, right. You know uh, all positive things. They supported me, bro. Like they turned me pro right after I get out of high school, summer of 93. And at this point, like I'm a full on Christian. Like it's just, just what I, I, you know, this all happened through skateboarding and uh-huh. they supported me. They let me do my graphics, whatever I wanted to do, you know, and I was very passionate about my faith. And so they were cool. Like I did David and Goliath, mm. all different type of stuff that just inspired me. They're like, yeah, do your thing. Uh-huh. Probably didn't sell as many boards as other people, but they were like, dude, this is who you are. Right. You know, so I think Jim, Jim and Jeff both. Um, you know, we're just really close to the team. Like, you know, they were a part of it and involved in like boots on the ground. They weren't like over here in some boardroom per se.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, did you, so get- as a kid, I'm like, this is what I need. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm 18 years old. I need people to help like say, yeah, don't, don't do that. Or, They were like that. And I'm not trying to over say this, but they were kind of like that. They were very like mature dudes, been in the game, involved, but like actually trying to help us do things a certain way that – and look at the longevity of real skateboards. There's a reason it's still around. You know what I mean?
2: Jim's one of the hardest working dudes in the biz. So Yeah. uh, Talk about the filming back then. I want to know, like when you're filming for the real video, do you know you're filming for the real video or are you just out filming and then they say, hey, we're going to do a video and you have footage already? And what is the filming? uh, You know, what is it like? Are you just going out skating and they're documenting it or you have has it gotten to the point where you're going back to spots over and over to get a specific trick, or is it more capturing just you in the wild skating?
0: It's me in the wild skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me too, like, like you, there's people like, you know, like Jamie Thomas, right? Where that mm-hmm. dude's like a cyborg, right? Mm-hmm like his approach to skating. I've talked to him recently. I'm yeah. like, dude, I would could never like a dude. I was like, dude, if I skated on your team, you would have probably helped me be more productive. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but I don't, he's like saying like, but I don't know if you'd want the whole program. And I'm yeah. like, you're probably right. Yeah. Cause just our approach and my mentality. And maybe it's San Jose, the people I'm around, it was improvisational for the most, like, it's like, I'm going to do what I, what feels good. And if we get something cool, if I come up and, and I, we'd go to places, but I was, I just, I don't think I'm that type of skater, nor was it a mentality I adopted to be like trick list or, you know, and even that whole era, I think is a little bit more improvisational. So that's literally, we got what we got because we showed up to a spot and there wasn't, I knew I was filming. Like, I, I think some of that footage, I filmed with Lance Delgart, a lot of the San Jose footage, Mm. Uh, was Lance Delgart just cause he had a camera and he's in the area and I need to film. And I wasn't the best film, like video guy. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't, I personally didn't enjoy not getting footage or the pressure of it. So that's why I kind of got what I felt or what, if I was feeling it and I'm getting, I'm like, let's film. But I, I when I look back, I feel like I probably could have done a better job of, Maybe approaching it on a more serious level for the for the purpose of being productive. I think,
3: right?
2: Well, early on, you're doing uh, hard flips. That's what years that like. That's 90. real. Well, Jake Rosa. Well, the
0: first one I did is in that venture video, and I think Jeff Clint filmed it. Uh. and it's like in Berkeley over a hip. It's super sketchy, uh, but that's definitely. Uh, Oh no. Or maybe Jake was there. We're talking 90. Okay. Maybe 91, but yeah, it was early. And back then we didn't call it a hard flip. Actually, believe it or not, me and Spencer Fujimoto, he was in San Jose too. Uh, We were trying them and we were, I was calling them frontside varial flips mm, because that's what it is. Right. And so I remember us trying them and doing them pretty early there. Um, But yeah, it was, it's in the first real video, but definitely did it. Before that, it, Jake Jake filmed it. Jacob, he goes by Jacob now. Jacob yeah. filmed it. I think it was with Je- Jeff was there because Jeff did this funny little like curb trick. Jeff Clint, it's, I think it's in that venture video piece, Jeff skating to Jeff Clint. So anyway, but yeah, it was pretty early.
2: Was there a reason why that venture video never came out?
0: I have no idea. Jacob would probably know or Keith. Ray uh, Carol. Yeah. You
2: know. Cuz you got like a lot of footage. I think Jacob's got it on his YouTube page, but mm-hmm. there's all this and you were skating Greer a bunch maybe cuz I seen you, some footage of you at Greer. Bit. Yeah, around that time, right? So yeah, I remember it's even DMing you about
0: that. So yeah, we started skating there when it was still had a fence around it. Uh-huh. And just because it was there, even though it yeah. wasn't open. So that was like me, Solomon and Jason. That was like the, I was skating with those dudes a lot. Solomon was the driver. He had the car. So we'd go up there and yeah, skating that. Dude. Solomon had an ad from it over that hip doing a tail grab. Yeah. One foot.
3: I remember Such that. Such a
0: sick photo. Dude. Yeah. Th- yeah.
2: That's where I was introduced to Doug Smith. I thought he oh, was wow. the ruler. Like it's his style and the way he skated that place. I was like, dude, this guy's fucking rad, like just so fast and surfy smooth. But then as it opens up, you just get a bombardment of people coming in and seeing everything. You either want clockwise or you want counterclockwise. And if you want the other way, you're getting run into. <laughs> yeah, fucking- I remember
0: going this way, like you go down the hip, there's a hip, hit it, hit the wall and then the volcano and then the hip into the little bowl was the final
2: hip. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That, that little hip after the volcano was like showtime. Like I'm going to get the trick, (laughs) like whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What were some of your favorite spots in, in that era? Like are are the bricks still skatable in San Jose? Like where are you hitting? Uh, You ever go to fish banks, Memorex, all that stuff? Like,
0: yeah, that was early. That was before sponsorship. We found out about all that, the wave Uh Memorex fish banks. So that was like junior high getting on the bus And then I did skate those places after, I think, in my Thrasher interview in 94. I got a photo at the Wave. Uh. Um, I got a deluxe ad at the Bricks. So, yeah, like we're talking mid-90s. We revisited that stuff. But I remember early skating downtown San Jose, the Bricks, hitting it just as kids, just on the bus, like in the 80s. But yeah, I liked Auto Bank. Um, that was cool. A little bank into the street. There was um, Safeway curb. I live down the street from Safeway. That's a that's like in a lot of stuff. Um, the Safeway curb, Solomon, Edward, me. We're all skating there in the real video. Mm. And then there's other people from other stuff doing stuff uh, there. So. Yeah, San Jose.
2: And then you would go up to the city a lot and skate like what would talk about EMB obviously that's like everyone came from everywhere in the United States cuz of EMB they wanted to be close to that spot like talk about the vibe there and like you skate there a bunch, right?
0: Yeah, of course during that time. So first time I went I think it was with Jason and I think I had just just going there it wasn't like this scene yet or uh- it was pretty low key. So I don't even think I'm sponsored and I'm trying to kick flip down the little three and Carl Watson is there and he's like super friendly.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, I don't, I don't know. San Jose just wasn't like that. Like you, we weren't friendly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and it, I just remember it like he was, I was like, dude, this guy's super nice. Like what's going on. You know what I mean? So it, it was just cool. And, and just San Jose, you show up somewhere, it's like attitude or, like, it's just, you know, even Solomon, I think, shared at times just how he's like, dude, like how he, I don't know, somebody wanted to fight him at some in San Francisco because he's like snaking everybody. But the San Jose, like, that's, there's no, it's not a snake session. Like, that's how we skate. Yeah. So, it's just, it was just different, right? So, anyway, but him and Sam, I think were there and they were just skating, just hanging out and maybe Nick Lachlan was there. But I just remember me and Jason there just skating, just, I don't know if, Somebody dropped us off like parents or something or, and it wasn't, you know, like, we were just like, wow, we're here. And those dudes were super cool. And then like through Greg Carroll, I mean, I'm showing up to EMB with Greg Carroll and his brother, Mike Carroll starts skating and everybody stops. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) I was like, he's the guy you know? And I'm like, and so in San Jose, it was just different. It was like, you would get clowned if you didn't skate.
3: Right.
0: So it was just different. I was just like, okay. Like people just want to, I mean, he's the best skater and he's ripping He's going, wearing those teabag shorts or whatever. He used to rock these shorts. Uh, so I just remember him and I was like, this dude is so good. Like, yeah, man, I was like, dang, but it would, that's what happened. I So by going there with Greg Carroll and his brother and, I think Brian Lottie was with us. Like I was just some dude with them. So I didn't, it wasn't never attention with me. And then I'm on, and then I'm on, I'm on thank with those cats, the young guys. Right. So it's like I'm from San Jose, but things were cool. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It was I wasn't having to fight my way through anything. Uh huh. I was there by association in a sense.
3: Right, you got Carol.
0: Dudes in SF were just cooler to me. Like I get it. Like some people get vibe, get the board taken, but for me, I don't know. It wasn't. In all honesty, it wasn't like, you know, having to try to fit in or prove myself. At all, like I didn't feel that. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't experience that because they looked at Greg probably and saw this dude. Okay, I guess he's with Greg.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're with Greg and or Mike, you're like fitting right in. I mean, those guys yeah. were highly respected. And I wasn't like
0: best friends with Mike, I'm, you know, but it's just showing up with his brother and him. So that was helpful.
2: Do you remember anything that stands out that you were there to see, like somebody doing something, a gnarly session or anything that's like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, dude. Actually, it was, this was a rad session. It was, I think, think this was, this was before I was pro. Dang, was this 91 or 92? I was probably 92. uh, But everybody at the contest skated down to EMB. So I'm like skating down Market Street with like every pro in the world. I'm like, (laughs) this is so rad. And I was sponsored at the time. I was unreal, but I was like, dude, Rudy Johnson, like Uh. Brian Light, like, Everybody's just crew, they're skating, right? And end up at EMB, and it's like, dude, you got the whole world of skateboarding on the bricks right now. And it was that was pretty rad to go out there and skate. And I think in that session, this is just random stuff I remember. I remember like Spencer getting sponsored by World during that session. Like Kareem was like, hey, Spencer, go do that late big spin. Spencer probably remembers this. I remember witnessing it and telling Rocco, look at this kid, look at this kid. And he was trying this late big spin. It looks super dope. And like, that's how he got on world right there. And then seeing Brian Lottie do Nolly heel flips. I was like, you know, I was like, dang, these guys, I, I sat down. I think I was skating a little bit, but that was a rad session. It was like, you know, the gathering of all of the rippers just skating and
2: yeah yeah i think danny way was there i remember hearing. i'm sure everybody yeah yeah like danny i think was trying something though maybe at hubba or something because it was like he was street danny at that time a little bit and it was like holy shit i mean fuck that was an insane era in time and those contests in the fountains were so cool like having all those dudes in our city like it just meant a lot, like to see these dudes that you only saw in videos and magazines come to your city and like enjoy it and fucking just rip. Like, holy shit! I think you had a an early Spitfire wheel, right? No, it was a
0: real wheel. It was a like the wheel?
2: first Am Rolly Mandoli or something.
0: Yeah, forty sevens.
2: Forty sevens. Was that a was that a surprise or did you see it coming?
0: Surprise. Damn. They sent me a box of them, all these different colors. Mm. I was stoked. I was really stoked. I was like, wow. So yeah, Rolly Mandolis.
2: (laughs) And then when did they turn you pro?
0: Uh, Summer of 93. I was on tour, saw my board up on the wall. Kevin Ansel did my first board, my Everslick, because everybody had an Everslick in a wood, you know, and he did the Everslick. And I think we got sued for it or potentially sued because he did this super dope thing but his art teacher kind of trademarked it it's like this little metal thing this little metal creature running and it was on a because i'm italian or whatever i guess it was on in this italian restaurant on this kind of white and red kind of tablecloth with a bowl of spaghetti and it was like this metal like (laughs) image of a person like running like this and that i think we got suit or something i was like oh, i felt so bad but anyway or they tried to but yeah that was it i just yeah it wasn't like this big deal i just walked in i saw it up there i was like
2: wow you know Damn. yeah dude but that's still like a fucking huge life hammer in your oh yeah was it like were you like a co- front of a cereal box maybe no oh
0: no we did maybe what you're thinking it no we did um, when Keith and Matt Field were on like pro me Max. We did a like a giant series where we're like King Kong kind of, but it was our face, and I was like reaching into this satanic concert, crushing pentagram, oh, and like and like Keith was like in New York, Max was like Bay Bridge. You know what I mean? Kind of.
2: Yeah. Okay. But I don't know
0: if that's what you're thinking of. That's one that I remember.
2: Yeah. I I don't know. I, for some reason I thought maybe it was a big brother uh, or an ad. That was
0: Solomon. Solomon got like, I think it was like the ugliest skaters (laughs) and big brother and Solomon got the cover. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then I was in the issue too. Cause Uh, like Cossack came and shot photos. So Solomon got the cover and I was like in the article, me and Solomon made the top 10 ugliest skaters in the world. So
2: I, th- I mean, you had some jack teeth when like yeah. that that was a big focus. like I yeah. think there was that real ad where they even just like zoomed in or whatever. Yeah. Uh, was that harsh or were you just did you take it on?
0: Yeah, I took it on, bro. Just my personality is like, I think in my inner, my Thrasher interview, Tommy's like, Sean's the type of person that has a kick me sign on his back and he put it there. (laughs) So, so it's like, I I just kind of grew up like that. Just laugh at everything, including myself. So maybe at times I was bothered, but really it's like, you know, like this is before real. Like they used to call it, the homies used to call it the tooth. So even uh, Lance Delgard's like, let me get a picture, like fisheye. and I'm like, like my tooth's like super big. So that goes back to well before that,
1: like the whole right. yeah.
2: Okay. Dude, too yeah. funny. Well, the world's ugliest skaters, big yeah. brother just
1: never yeah. stopped. I was, I was like, was...
0: dang, I-, I felt that a little bit, but I'm like, whatever, it's all good. I'll I'll roll with it.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> um Well, you mentioned the Christianity thing and I'm, did Solomon kind of, how did that come about? Were you at like your lowest moment or were you like hanging out with Solomon or like what happens that you kind of pivot into that?
0: Yeah, dude, that's a good question, man. Uh, yeah. So what happened was, so I'm hanging out with Tim Brosh and Solomon, everybody, the whole crew kind of, kind of merges at some point. Um, and we're talking 91. There's a there's a there's a church in the city that and this is pre-skate park era, right? Mm. So there's a church in the city that puts a really dope mini ramp inside of it. And so it was like this youth outreach kind of okay. thing that the church did. So you could go to the this ramp and skate, and then they would they would share the gospel with people like about jesus so so me and solomon solomon saw it in the paper or something so we just rolled over there like and they're like yeah we're not open yet but yeah it's going to be like wednesday nights so me tim brosh and this dude todd ferreira we go this is the first time we went and we get high in the parking lot because that's what we do like before we went in Mm. and i remember todd was like dude i don't know if we should be doing this like at the church or whatever and in i I'm like, what are you talking, like, who cares? Like, I wasn't trying to be all cool. I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't even know what that means. Like, uh-huh. we're going to get high before we go skate this mini ramp. And so we went in and, you know, so the ramp was super dope. I think Solomon has a two-page spread there doing a sick backside ollie. There's footage on YouTube of Tim Brosh killing that place. Uh-huh. So we called it Skate Church. So the whole city showed up at saw Edward DeVera, Jaya Bond, not Jaya. Uh, Jaya. Jai Tanju was yeah. there skating. Uh right. every like we all just skated there. And so through that, Simon Woodstock. Um, so I was there for like, I was going there for like a year, man. Um, just the whole my whole junior year. And um so I didn't really change my life or I wasn't like, oh, I'm a Christian now. But based on the context of my childhood dude like being abused like that growing up like that um it doesn't go away Do you know what i mean so i'm not sorry if i'm getting too deep here no, but no. this is my honest journey like yeah and that stuff was eating me up and uh you know this is like summer of 92 and i'm like <clears throat> dang man i've heard that about jesus you know that he'll you know that I can put my faith in him. He'll forgive me of my sins. He'll restore me, you know, kind of like renew me. Uh, I don't have to be vexed or plagued by my childhood, right? I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this stuff and I'm processing it. And at the same time, like just I was like, I didn't, I didn't have any intention of doing anything, but based on that being done to me. I had a lot of rage inside of me. Like I remember thinking about beating my stepdad over, over the head with a baseball bat, like every day, like I was, I was rehearsing this. It was just, you know, it's like something is something good as something's going to happen. Like I can't just, this stuff is, I'm, I, I've absorbed this sin, this, these, this abuse, it has happened. And now I'm dealing with it. And mm. it's not going away. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, dude, I'm kind of scared what I'll become, to be honest. Like I'm, you know, like there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, the wages of sin is death, meaning mm. sin and evil is going to produce something. It's gonna, um, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna get paid. <laughs> like, <sighs> you know, so that 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 was spiritually. I'm like, dude, I don't know what, you know, what's, well, I don't want to be this statistic of acting out based on what happened to me. So that's kind of where I was. I know that sounds kind of heavy, but that's the truth. Like I was like, ah, man. So Mm. I'm like, okay, God, like, this is literally what happened. I'm in my room at my dad's apartment there, South San Jose. And I'm like, I'm like, just about to start my senior year in high school, I'm like, "Look, God, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to be no pastor. I'm not going to preach to nobody. But I need you to free me from my childhood because this is not pretty. What's happening in me is I'm about to I'm a crack. Like that's how it felt,
3: right? right.
0: So I'm like, Lord, you know, I just I just prayed. That's literally what I, I don't want to be. A, that was literally what I said." and I just felt this peace man from God and that between me and God right there in my room, I'm like, forgive me of my sins. Like I was like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to live out what has happened to me. I don't want to like, take this out of me kind of, you know, literally. Yeah. So I was changed in that moment. I'll, I'll be honest. I had a spiritual experience with God. Um, that summer we're down at this Encinitas contest. This connects. And we're we're down there and doing my thing. I think I filmed some stuff there too for the real video, actually. Um the switch backside 5-0 to backside 180 out. Anyway, Encinitas contest. I wasn't pro yet, but it was like at the Encinitas Park. This is summer of ninety-two. So we're driving back two vans. I get high, just like everybody else. Uh-huh i go to get back into the van and i forget what van i was in and so everybody's messing with me in the van because they're like no it was that one no it was this one you know and I'm like, Ugh. so i'm like dude what is wrong with me you know and so i sat there <laughs> and i was like this no joke bro i was like this is it i'm not i'm done smoking weed like I you know i just knew it i'm done so i just started to change that summer i was changing bro i was I wasn't getting wasted. I was still going to parties and stuff, but I, I, I'll i just say, I don't know, but I was changing. And it brought me to that point in my room where I just said, okay, I'm going to walk with you, God. I don't understand everything. I don't know everything I need. To, I don't know everything about God. I don't, I'm not trying to be this super Christian. I'm. I, this just wasn't me. My personality wasn't like, look at me. Even my skating wasn't like, hey, I'm here like I, I just was, I was more low key, man. I'm just like, this is God touch me, Help me with this. Right. And from that point, bro, summer of 92, that's kind of, that's when I became a Christian. I put my faith in Jesus and I'm contrary to my prayer. I am a pastor now <laughs> in, in East LA, uh, in Boyle Heights. So I actually pastor a small church right there in the, in in boyle heights Uh, right wow so it kind of you know my life just journey kind of even stepping out of skateboarding it was an intention to want to focus on doing what i'm doing now
2: interesting so in that process you kind of stepped away from skateboarding
0: yeah so what happened was um is i so i turned pro that a year later summer of 93 and so i was a i mean i was a christian man at that point for real and this yes solomon did put his faith in jesus at that point too before me yeah but i was i really became a like i say legit christian because i was like i just i was changed i can't and it wasn't like me trying to be good. I still don't want to be good. Like, I mean, I do, but you know what I mean? That's not my, my thing is, dude, I was dead. Like, yeah. and, dude, dark. And right. I'm, and he, I'm not perfect, but I was changed at that point. Okay. I was, I can't. So, uh, but yeah, Solomon, I actually got baptized there with Jason Adams and Simon Woodstock. Like, so I think it was, that environment had an impression on a number of people. Even Matt ever saw a little bit, I think, you know, but even it's not there that it really happened for me. It was in my room by myself like a year after even going there. But that environment did I did meet some people that, you know, I grew up in a twisted environment. Bro, I go into this church, everybody's smiling. And mm. I'm like, man, you guys smile too much. Like, you know, it was a little weird for me. Right. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so I turned pro a year later, summer of ninety-three, and I'm doing my thing and I'm a Christian, I'm part of a just a small church in the inner city of San Jose, um, Filipino church, me and my friends um, and then I on a whim, like in a moment I moved down to Orange County to go to a two-year like Bible school. So I called Jim or Jeff and I say, hey Jeff, this is 95. Um, I'm pro for two years. I say, hey man. I, I'm going to go to Bible college. He's like, all right. I'm like, like on Monday I'm out. He's like, okay, they were cool. I was like, all right. So I came down and I lived in orange County, 95, 96, 97. I filmed four one issue 17. My profile during that time, I was still skating for real, but I was going to a, a Bible school. It was just like a, like a missions type school where you graduate and you just go help out a local church somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And then I moved Oceanside to a local church that was there just to be a part of it. Um, And so summer of 98, I called Jim and I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to quit. It's like, I graduated from Bible college. I'm at this church. And I I thought at this point, if I really want to get back in the game, I got to be in San Francisco, like Gabe's up there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not Tony Hawk or anything close to that. So I can't, I had to be in the world I was in with the people I've, like, I had to be in proximity. And I thought, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I don't, I'm going to, st- I'm going to still skate. I love to skate. Jim's like, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. Honestly, if you want boards or whatever, I was like, cool. So it was super cool. I called from a payphone and yeah. I got a job at Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> It was the most humbling experience, bro. Right uh, outside this hood in Oceanside, my coworkers like smoking heroin in the bathroom. You know what I mean? During <laughs> office hours, my boss is like a belligerent drunk showing up. Like, ah, you know what I mean? I'm like, what yeah. in the world? I'm like skateboarding. And maybe I should have kept skating. Uh, but, you know, uh, so that's kind of, and it wasn't like skateboarding's evil. Like it was just, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't even understand it, all my decisions even today, but. I was like, I want to do what I feel in my heart to do for God. Mm. And I don't think it has to be continually in the industry of skateboarding. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with industry, maybe. Um, And it is what it is. And we're, we skateboard because of the industry. So I'm not a hater. I just was like, man, I don't know if that the industry is what I want to be a part of the creating of image and having to live up to image you know i'm not trying to get too deep on you but that was my honest process i don't know if i'm into that the act of skateboarding i love Mm -hmm. but the pressure of the industry Mm -hmm. it just i don't i did not that's part of it i didn't enjoy not from anybody just maybe it's my own my own personality i'm like i love this skate i skate every week to this day. I literally let like Jim sent me some boards, bro. Shout out to Jim. I got to okay. set this one up right here.
5: You know oh what yeah. I'm saying? Just
0: saying. So I literally skate every week. Um, I love to skate and this is the product of the industry. So I'm not hating. I'm just saying for me to, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think it's for me mm. like at least at that point and onward um, that would, that was really the thought process. I was only 23 when I quit and I knew people were going to not understand me. I had brothers in skateboarding cousins and they're like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I just, I feel like I want to do what I want to do and how, you know, uh, I have a value for my own journey with God. And I feel like that right now, that's an end to the industry for me.
2: Makes sense. It makes sense. I think in a huge change in your life, like that was obviously like when I stopped drinking, it was kind of like, you got to change a lot of other things too, because those things influence those decisions. So if you're canceling this part of your life or changing it, you might want to change this and this and this also to help you with this huge change that you're making to make the transition easier on yourself right it's like i can't i can't stop drinking and hang out with all my friends at the bar every day it doesn't make sense like it's driving me crazy so like all of a sudden you start losing a few of those friends you're not at the bar every night where they are and and you want why aren't i friends well duh i mean are you skate like i've seen some stuff with christian and and uh Mm -hmm. murray and like so does that kind of go full circle where you're like, well, there's yeah. other Christians that are doing the same thing. Maybe we can bond and like do some stuff that helps promote our mission.
0: Yeah. Like, do so honestly, bro, even when it comes to ministry, I call, I say ministry because I mean just the church world. I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. So that's the word ministry. Just that's what I'm speaking of. Mm-hmm. So everything I'm doing now, literally, bro, has been connected through skateboarders or skateboarding. Like mm. it's crazy. So okay. even me coming to faith in Jesus, the way I say it, Jesus changed my life. Okay. And it was through partly through a, a church that opened their doors to a bunch of knucklehead skaters mm. and let us be us. Mm-hmm. And I was that impacted me and it was through skateboarding. Mm. Um, and then. So at the same time, this is kind of a trip, in the 90s, there were other pro skaters that uniquely encountered Jesus, okay? Richard Mulder, Joe Gruber, and Lance and Ray at the time were Christians as well, believers. So there was this kind of community of sorts in the industry. And I really, at that time, really connected to Richard Mulder, man. We mm-hmm. did some stuff together. We, even when we were skating, we are still for skating. I think it was on Chocolate, I was on Real. Like we did things. We traveled a little bit, like shared our story with people, did demos and stuff like that. I'd been to Egypt, Germany twice, all through skateboarding, but not the industry. It was more to share my story. Right. You know, so all of, so mid nineties, these things, this thing that happened to me happened to Richard and Joe uniquely. So we were like, what? You're a Christian? What? So yes, we naturally kind of like, hey like you know um we connected that way um and then fast forward I'm at Richard Mulder's wedding and Christian just got out of prison he's like what's up bro you know he's like ew and I'm like hey how's it going man he's like ew you know what I mean he's like bro (laughs) like I was like what's up you know so (laughs) he's a trip man so he was super cool right so yeah. Duke, go back to pal skate zone. I remember smoking weed in the parking lot with Christian Asoy in the parking lot. Like I was like, dude, I'm smoking with Christian. He <laughs> yeah. don't remember. I was just yeah. some little am kid, but I, I remember. Yeah. Uh, but then fast forward, he's out of prison. He's a Christian and stuff. And so we really connected, bro. Like we just connected. We're totally different personalities, but to this day, <laughs> I love that dude. Um, So that was cool. And I connected with, I, I've been friends with Richard for years. We're good friends. Mm. Um, and then, um there was like this christian like skater thing going on in albuquerque and i heard richard and christian would be there with some others and i was like man i want to go to some christian skater thing you know what i mean i was like yeah but i was like all right i'll go so i went and i hung out with christian and richard and it was just dope and then i was living in oceanside and then christian's like dude uh the the church i was in was falling apart because You know, for whatever, I won't go into that, but I was like, man, I need to find me a community here. So Christian was like, dude, come up to Orange County, check, you know, check out my church. So I came up and he introduced me to his pastor, who was a pro skater from the seventies. You ever see that at that photo of a mofo shot? It's a dude doing a front side grinding a pole holding the nose and he's drinking a beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's him.
2: Jay Alabama.
0: Yeah, Jay Alabama. Yeah. So he's Christian's pastor. And so he introduced me and I, started going there and I became a pastor on the staff of that church and Jay Alabama, we started in LA kind of location. And he, 2019 is like, dude, I feel like God's telling me to give you that. If you want it, you can have that church, like make it your own, Give, put the name on it, like do your thing, bro. And so I took, so, so even what I'm doing now, it's all like skateboarding is interwoven and, I do a lot of stuff with Joe Gruber and Richard Mulder right now, nice. different things, um, you know, just to reach skaters and do what we do, share a story and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of.
2: It's interesting. Is it, I know this is sensitive uh, territory for some people, at least. Yeah, that's And, and I, I don't mean to belittle it in any way. That's not what I'm doing, but I, I wonder how it coincides with rock bottom and addiction. Like it's interesting to me because fortunately I gave up drugs and alcohol on my own, but I know a lot of people that have went through the struggles and done AA. And in AA, one of the big steps is you have to give yourself over to a higher power. And that can be whatever you want. But to most people, the first thing you think of is religion and God. So that can either be a stumbling block for you or it can open a door into this world. And I just wonder, I guess what I'm saying is like, do a lot of people just have these stories, like the reason that they're into religion is because they had so much pain and they were in a place that they needed help. Like it's almost, it's not an addiction necessarily, but it's that same feeling of like, I need help to get out of the state that I'm in.
0: Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, like I also teach at a, it's like a Bible Institute in Southgate in one of the neighborhoods here in LA. And it's a, it's a, it's a recovery program,
3: Uh but then
0: they, it's a Christian one. So they kind of bring it to where if they want, they can go to this one year like kind of Bible school training. And so much of their stories are pretty gnarly. And Uh I, I have a heart for people that, I just do. I like Aaron Murray, man. He's pretty gnarly. I'm. I just saw him about a week ago. Love that dude. Uh, pretty gnarly, dude. Yeah, like the, you know, like he. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so like, and he he's a believer. Him and his wife, and they both did their time. They've been, you know, they did all. They grew up in Venice in the gnarly era. of yeah. just they're just straight up hardcore street people, uh, but skaters. And by the way, shout out to Aaron, dude. Uh, Side note. I think a lot of the style of what we see now, I think it comes from some of those dudes. Like Aaron Murray, I saw him do this backside power slide on a skimboard. And I'm like, there it is. That's it right there, dude. I saw it. I was like, that's the style.
2: Did you see the photo of Scott Oster that was posted recently in Arto's where he's just doing, like Mm -hmm. he's below the coping and he's like in a back. It's so sick. Like those guys it's the roots it's the roots dressing but, the whole thing yeah
0: even seeing julian i know he spent a lot of time in venice and it's yeah. like dude i think he would say it i don't know i, I can't speak for him but i see the similarity when i oh. saw aaron do that backside power slice, it was just a skimboard but you know I, when you see it you see it i'm like dang that's how i want to do backside power slides. yeah Yeah. anyway sorry dude side note no no, but, no. i love but it yeah i think uh some of those I think that's true, but it's not always true because everybody's story is different. Like I'll give you an example. My wife has never said a cuss word in her life, never mm. been drunk, never nothing, but she's a believer. She's a, you know, she, she's, she has, she's, she believes in Jesus. She, she's a Christian and her story is nothing like mine or any, some of my friends. Mm. But I mean, yes, is that kind of my, I was never an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did mushrooms, acid, weed, and beer. I didn't have a problem. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but for real, like, you know, like I, 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 you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't consider that. I, I, I could, I could have ended up there, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think it just depends on the person. Because um, I think from a Christian perspective, it's like, it comes down to people encountering Jesus. That's what it is. I see him. I've seen him and I'm changed because of him. Uh And my context is different. Some people it's in prison, some people, you know, but I, I've seen him. I, you know, my eyes are opened. I know that sounds kind of spiritual or something, but that's literally what it is Mm. is man. And my, that's my story and my humanity and my struggle can connect with some, but at the end of the day, Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Reading your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. I'm a Christian because I've seen him. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I have a, you know, he's been revealed to me and I do those things. But just because people do these outward things, it doesn't make them legit. It's like a skater. Just because you rock the clothes, it don't mean you skate. Exactly. You just rock. You just, you just look like it.
2: right? Well, we were talking about all the people that go to church on Christmas. Yeah, and I'm not (laughs) hating, but that doesn't, right?
0: Like, I've been telling my community, I'm like, hey, guys, just because your dad's a pastor, just because you do these things, that doesn't make you a legit. Yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah.
2: But also in that um, community, the idea is not to judge. So if you come once a year or you come every week. Oh, you know? Of course, dude.
0: Right. I, dude, I was showing up high as a kite <laughs> for a whole year. Right. So, dude, I I have a heart for people. I got friends right now on crystal meth, man, struggling. One of them just texted me right now, and they're, they just relapsed. I'm uh, I'm like, dude, I'm here for it, man. What do you need? Let me like, I'm not, uh, dude. No judgment. I know, sure. uh, like, I when I think about what I grew up in and yeah. what I came out of, dude, I am here to help. You, you, I don't gasp when I hear people's issues because you know, like, I'm not like, oh my goodness, what I can't like. No, I mean, I've always been drawn to people that maybe others would avoid.
2: Yeah. It, and I think that was actually what got us into skateboarding. For sure, outcast you know, by nature, crazy like- Eddie, not fucking <laughs> sane Sam. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, would anyway, Yeah, I
0: kicked it with that dude, and some people it was, he was a bit much for some. Yeah, for sure,
2: he was but the best. Dude, though. I I'm love like, that. Yeah, dude. This is my
0: friend right here.
2: Yeah, no, it's so sick. Well, I mean, let's maybe end full circle. Like, where does that leave you today, as far as like? I guess it's a two part question. One is like, how much are you in tune with skateboarding? How often do you look at mags or the website and see videos and keep in tune with what's going on and skate yourself, et cetera. And then the other part would be, where are you with your harsh upbringing and like releasing some of those demons and, and dealing with all that stuff.
0: Rad. Thank you, man. And and by the way, man, I really appreciate you having me on here, dude dude i mean it's really cool i mean I, it's an honor
2: no your story i mean i yeah. have to thank you 100 like for sharing your story with me it's fucking awesome man and i love doing this stuff like i i was in your life at some point you were in my life at some point and we both have this common thing which is mm-hmm. called skateboarding and we got to help each other out we might not agree with each other but like right. in this fucking world where everyone's so divisive I just lose my mind when two friends can't be friends anymore because of who they voted for their religion or whatever that yeah. shit is. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, me, bro, you've known me 30 years. I'm the same guy. Like, hello, right. you know? So right. fuck. Yeah. And I I applaud your journey. Like, you know, we've all gone through hardships and it's not a competition. Nobody's, like just because yours are harder than mine doesn't make mine less valid and all that stuff so I just appreciate you opening up and 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 that's a you know it's really cool took me a
0: long time yeah I bet I I mean in my early years I would talk about Jesus and stuff even in when I was pro but I, I did not feel comfortable sharing the gnarliness yet it took me a while to get healed and I'm not even saying I'm perfected yeah but I am being perfected Right, I'm not there, but I, I'm thankful You're in the I'm process. not where I was. Yeah. yeah, straight up, straight up. I'm in a process and I'm thankful for, for all of it. But, but yeah, as far as skating, yeah. So, dude, I, I skate every week. Mm. I got three kids. Wow. Uh, I got a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old. I'm Dang. married 14 years. Nice. I uh, come from an environment where both of my parents were married multiple times, divorced multiple times. I'm not hating on my parents. I'm just saying that's my context. Sure. So for me to be married for 14 years, bro, is a miracle. Nice. Because she's crazy about me. You know what I'm saying? Inspell.
2: She can't get enough of me. She she ain't. (laughs) Yeah, she can't get enough of me, bro. I'm telling.
0: Uh, She ain't here, so I can say that. But um, so I'm pretty busy. I I pastor uh, a church right here in in Boyle Heights, East LA, Um, right here in the inner city of LA. Man, I love the where I'm at and what we're doing. Just a storefront church right there in the hood. Wow. Um, and, uh, anyway, been pastoring in LA since 2012. So that's what I do. And, but in that context of all that, I, I skate once a week. So considering my schedule, I, it's like, um, I skate usually every Friday or Saturday, just local parks or whatever. Um, my wife knows I need it too. Like, cause if I'm acting a fool talking out the side of my neck. She'll be like, do you need to go to skate park? I'm like, yes. As a matter of fact, thank you. She'll uh-huh. say two things, bro. I'm a pastor. She's, you know, we're Christians. So she's like, do you need to spend some time with the Lord? Like, cause you're not <laughs> acting right. Or it's, do you need to go to skate park? And I'm like, maybe a little bit of both, uh-huh. but, but yeah, that's kind of the rhythm of my life. Um, there. And then, um, so yeah, I try not to bug Jim too much, but he does send me some boards and wheels mm. and so it keeps me going. Um, and that, you know, as far as involvement, I mean, I got some skaters that kind of join our community here a little bit. Fabian Alomar talked a little bit about it on the nine club, but, mm. but we he's been coming for a bit when he got out of prison, he called Christian. And Christian's like, dude, go to Sean's church. So Fabian's been coming, you know, I'm not, you know, it's cool to see him, you know, another skater right here. Uh, and uh, he enjoys coming and I see him here and there. He's pretty busy with his acting. So, I say that because, you know, he's a skater. We met at EMB actually back um. in the day. So it's kind of rad. I love kind of, you know, I've been in touch with some other skaters here and there. Sammy Baptista mm. uh, moved back to Santa Barbara, but he was hanging out with us a little bit. I saw him at Stoner Plaza a few weeks ago, actually, doing uh. skate lessons. Um so yeah, dude, I'm out there with, with a crew of friends skating. I'm trying to skate with Solomon, dude. He started, sorry, I'm almost done, bro. But he started a pizza Nista like down the street, another one.
2: I was gonna well, ask I'm, him their live pizza Nista every day. Like,
0: yeah, yo. like so yeah, like so. I'll pick up the kids from school and then maybe go there, see. I call him Uncle Solomon, the kids call him Uncle Solomon. So nice. it's cool to see him. I'm trying to get him out there though, uh trying to skate with him here. So yeah, I try to it's a pretty consistent thing for my own mental health, to be honest. Okay. skateboarding It's a good exercise. And it's just, I honestly, bro, enjoy it as much as I did as a kid. I do. I got, I love to get out there and skate the, I just do. I, I need it. So it's been, it's been awesome to kind of fit it in the rhythm of my life. Once a week,
2: the COVID made me understand that I need to sweat because we were locked in in San Francisco apartment, like no outside. And I was kind of losing a little bit. And I was just like, what is it? I mean, obviously you're indoors a lot, but the minute like I started exercising and sweating, I was like, Oh dude, I need to skate. Whatever it is. If I skate to sweat, that means I skate it. If I skated and didn't sweat, I didn't skate. So like feeling that sweat come out, you're like, ah that's my gym you know what i mean
0: that's what i literally said i was like the skate park is my gym like literally and it clears my head and i enjoy it i i I really do i try trying to not too serious but even we'll try to film a little bit here and there yeah um just uh just for you know make up for all the footage i didn't get back in the 90s you know I'm just (laughs) just but for real like i i'm like yeah so Try to do that a little bit, but yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm at, man. That's what's going on with me.
2: You got to meet up with Jeremy Ray and Shanita. Those guys are having I've fun seen them around. filming and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've seen, I haven't seen them in person, but I see what they're doing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Dude. It looks
2: fun. Like, you yeah. know, like filming, but like you ain't throwing yeah. your board. You're having, right. it's just a good time. Right. And no it's a throwing. reason to get together. You're like, Hey, I need like, let's do it. And it's like, yeah. okay. Even if it's fucking Saturday mornings every week or whatever, it's a routine. But yeah. you get that in. Especially we're getting busier, like you said. So,
0: so yeah. Any old heads out there in L.A. Hit me up.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll beat you in a game of skate. No, I'm I, skate. I was <laughs> telling somebody, I was like, you go to Home Depot curbs, and they're like, dude, I'm so fucking sick of Home Depot curbs. There's other curbs. I was like, whoa, whoa, dude.
0: <laughs> oh, you're talking about the ones in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Los Feliz. I was going to go there uh, the other week, but I ended up just going here to this little park in South Pasadena. And ah. I actually haven't been there, but dude, dude, I was going to go, but just my schedule, I had to, anyway, I got to mm. hit it up for sure. Yeah,
2: dude. There's so much to skate down there. Wow. Can you say something to somebody else that might be watching this that like maybe has helped you even if it's compartmentalizing and not getting rid of it, but like just being able to like, Calm the torture.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Like it's more common than we realize, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. This stuff has happened to people. And the only thing I can tell you is, is what I did, and um, I was honest with God. Like, if I could say, I was on, I was honest, I was vulnerable, mm. and that's what confession is, right? It's like um, confession. This is just what I did. Yeah, uh, but. Confession is like telling God what he already knows. So it's not necessarily, it's for me, not for God. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like I'm informing him. Like in my perspective, in what I did, it's like, I was just like, this is who I am. This yep. is what I'm dealing with. I think, and you can apply this to any part of life, but I think just being honest and vulnerable is so important because that freedom's on the other side of that. It's kind of like, you got to take the mask off. And so when I prayed to the Lord in that time, 1992, I just took the mask off. I took the mask off. I was like, forgive me. You know, I obviously what I did, I put my faith in Jesus, man. I was like, forgive me. But what I did, what was in my control is I was honest. I was like, this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. This is where I really am. I'm not going to, I'm not putting on that funny Sean thing, that social kind of prowess to make people feel like I'm good. I'm going to take that mask off right now. Here I am. And yeah, like, uh, for me, that moment was life changing. And Mm. I'm not saying I did not go through a process beyond that. Still a lot through my twenties, bro. I struggled a lot with perversion, sexual addiction. Just weird stuff, mm. and it's like, bro, I had some seeds planted in me when I was six years old right. that were dark and twisted and evil and honestly demonic. I believe that maybe even some of my angst now is part of me having to still walk through some deliverance. To be honest, I'm a pastor, or walk through some freedom. I have, I could not sit here and tell you I've arrived and everything's perfect. But, bro, right. um, in that moment, decades ago, I was changed. And I've been going through a process and, and, and yeah, um I've experienced healing from that's, Jesus that's, straight that, up.
2: That's fucking awesome, dude. So yeah. Seeing you in that era of like the mid nineties, no one would have guessed anything was wrong with you. Cause you were a smiley, charismatic, happy, like joking around, like had that, you know, and it's like, people look at like, let's just say Robin Williams suicide. Like he was a comedian, but he had some shit inside him that no one knew. And I think what you're trying to say also is that I need to just get it out of me and let people know I'm hurting and like, just be vulnerable and, 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 and all that and, and stop front and like, like everything ain't great, you know?
0: Yeah. It's so important to get around. I say this to my community all the time. I was like, Hey, you need to be real with God, but then there's got to be somebody in your life, a person, flesh and blood uh-huh. that you can actually talk to. Like it's like, can you is there anybody you can talk to? It's like that you could share your faults with so that you can be healed. Because even in the Christian world and people that believe, you know, they put their faith in God, it's like they don't got nobody else to talk to. And that's so powerful, man. And my wife has been amazing, man, for me. Bat rules. Oh, yeah. So having this,
2: having that support. Well, let's end on a banger. Let's, if you're looking back on your whole life with the skateboard, what's like your pinnacle moment? What's something that you saw, witnessed in real time that was just like a banger, like just fucking life hammer, or something that you did that you're looking back at as like that day's forever in my mind?
0: I don't know. If I were to say skateboarding, um, I would honestly say because this is tied to my whole journey aside from skateboarding is like just um seeing my big brother skate and just wanting to do that like Mm. that that started everything we talked about today was just being inspired by my big brother being like dude i want to do that so i wouldn't be doing anything i'm doing now if that moment didn't happen and uh, you know that was just when i look back that that changed everything okay you know, just getting involved in, um, skateboarding, dude, I'm here because of other people. I'm not a one man show and I'm not a self-made whatever Mm. I'm not. I'm the result of other people that have given themselves to me in some way and Mm -hmm. helped. Yeah.
2: Well, sick. I mean, you're taking yeah. care of your brother. Uh, yeah. That's so, the yeah. same guy that inspired you to start yeah. skating. Yeah.
0: And yeah, he he was always special needs, meaning like he was in special ed in the 80s. We didn't know what this stuff was or we, I don't know, maybe my family didn't have the resources to figure it out. Uh-huh. But what happened was just real quick. He uh, was partying a little too much, did some stuff, got knocked out. Came back too, and was crazy. Ah. So he got put on medication. We're talking early nineties. And my dad was his caretaker up until he passed in 2017. And my wife and I took him in. So he's cool. Like he, he's not like, uh, he's not like, uh, a threat, Uh but he's, He's on medication. He goes to like a psychiatric environment four days a week, which okay. is like a group kind of thing. He's cool. Uh-huh. He's chill. He yep. skates with me. I take him skating, uh-huh. but he's definitely uh, needs
2: care. some help. Okay. So,
0: yeah. So, took him in and he lives with us and been living with us. Yeah. So, that's kind of his story there. He's with us. Most of people like him, bro, they don't got family or they're on the street. For him, he's got family.
2: Brad, dude. Yeah. I don't know if we can play music anymore. You have to have the rights now to the music. But if we were going to drop a song, what what song would we end it with?
0: Oh, man.
2: I see you're uh, wearing the Beastie Boys shirt, so.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know which one. Pick one. Um, how about if it were Beastie Boys, I'd pick something from Paul's Boutique. Just because that was the era. Me and Jason were all over that album. Jason Adams.
2: Well, thanks, dude. It was really good catching up with you, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you,
0: man. You have a good one.
5: Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews in a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at Talkingschmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Kamisa.
1: Shout-out. Love
5: it! This is Talking Schmidt where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.
4: Keep the wheels greased.